Welcome to today's episode of Ownership Matters, a podcast for homeowners in resident-owned communities, brought to you by Rock USA. I'm Paul Bradley. And I'm Mike Bullard. Listeners, we have a wonderful guest for you today, coming all the way from Rochester, Minnesota, Allie Lechner. Mike, tell us about Allie. Happy to, Paul. Allie Lechner has lived in Rochester, Minnesota since 1987 and at Zumbro Ridge Estates since April of 1999. She came to Zumbro Ridge as a single mom of three kids with 12 years of property management experience, managing apartment buildings, hotels, motels, and shopping centers. After moving to Zumbro Ridge, she continued working in property management for another eight years. And along the way, she obtained her LPN license and in 2007 started working as a nurse full-time. She has six grandchildren ranging in age from 10 to 22 and spends as much time as she can with them. In 2017, when the community was purchased by the residents, Allie was not involved. However, eight months into being a resident-owned community, she attended a meeting for the first time and asked a lot of questions and eventually ended up on the board as an operations manager. She's been very active in the community ever since. Allie likes living in a resident-owned community because the residents can make their community into just that, a community within a community. They have the ability to offer affordable home ownership, and boy, do they. Well, Allie, welcome to Ownership Matters. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. It is really our pleasure. I've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. We've had you on our short list for a long time. Great to finally have you at the top of the list. So thanks again. Allie, let's just start off. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe how long ago and under what circumstances you moved to Zumbro Ridge? Oh, sure. Well, I moved to Zumbro Ridge Estates in the spring of 1999, and I had been a, it was a funny story, I had been a property manager at a very large apartment complex here in town. We went through about a $4 million remodel. I moved in there as a single mom, and it was a little scary. We needed to evict three quarters of the residents. Oh, boy. Ooh. The 436 apartment complex. And I had to live on site, so I did with my three children. Went through the renovation. We got all of our apartments remodeled, refilled with all Mayo Clinic employees or IBM employees. And I won Manager of the Year for the state of Minnesota. Won a trip to Jamaica. That was fun. Lo and behold, they sold the property. And the new owners came in, which often happens in property management, got all the knowledge they could out of me. And then they gave me 30 days notice to be gone. And my apartment came with my job. So I had 30 days to find a job and a place to live. And I had three children. Oh, boy. So what I did is I started looking. I had three possible job lineups quickly. I didn't know which one I wanted right away, but I needed to find a place to live. And I just happened to be driving by and I drove through here. My house was already sitting here. It had a gravel yard, but the house looked nice. And so I inquired about it with Homes of Harmony, which is the retailer down here for manufactured homes. And he told me the price. I went into Home Federal Bank and I said, this is who I am. I gave him my resume. He said, this is who I am. These are my three job offers, but I need to buy this house now. And I won't get a first paycheck until probably a month from now. I put it all in God's hands. And honest to goodness, that's how I got here. 
Mm. Loan and Home Federal Dip Bank did not do loans with manufactured homes either. Yep, everything lined up perfectly. Fantastic. That's how I ended up here. Yeah. That's great. And of course, that was long before Zumbro Ridge became resident-owned. Can you tell us how long have, have you been a co-op and how did that all come about? Well, North Country Foundation had got a hold of some of the residents down here. I wasn't involved in the beginning. In fact, because I had been in property management and I knew what it took to turn a property around, I, to be honest, didn't think it was a good idea at first. And so I stayed away. All the paperwork was signed. October of 2017, we became a co-op. And the June Monday's meeting of 2018, I went to because I noticed nothing had changed. And I had observed by living here since 1999, all of the deferred maintenance. And I watched the park go down. And so I live in a little cul-de-sac area, so I didn't get out and about too much. I have an entrance to the highway right from my house. But I went to the meeting because I noticed that we had a BB hold filled sign. That was our sign and a disconnected phone number. And because of my background, I went in and I started asking a whole bunch of questions and put out suggestions. And by the time the meeting was over, I was on the board. <laughs> and I was on the board as the operational manager. That's great, Allie. So tell me, how did becoming a board member lead to your involvement with infill? There was not income there to do any of the things we needed. And we had a lot that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. So then I asked the board if they would trust me and allow me to be the spokesperson for Zumber Ridge Estates. And what I had proposed to them was that they would allow me to go to all of my contacts in my previous life in property management and give my spiel on what I saw Zumber Ridge could be. So I went to every affordable housing meeting I could in town until I ended up where I wanted to be, which was in front of the board of directors for Rochester Area Foundation, Rochester Coalition, and Mayo Clinic. We went through a few trial runs. I had to get a lot of numbers together, and they were scary. They were scary numbers. We had 34 vacant lots. Many of them had not had a home on them in multiple years. Mm -hmm. So there was electrical work. There was plumbing work. There were trees that needed to come down in order to bring a home on. I had to try to put numbers together. My very first tree cutting down was a company called Astorinos. And they came out and they took down 12 trees for free. They did it for pro bono. Nice. And I started to see the beauty in Olmstead County and the people and what they're willing to do to help others. I gained courage and started asking other companies for things. The plumbing needed to be done. Superior plumbing. The owner himself came out and got our first eight lots ready free. Winkles Electric came out. And they got the first eight lots done for free. Tell us, how did the rest of the lots get filled? So we all sat down. First homes, homes of harmony, 
Rochester Foundation, Rochester Coalition, and then we needed a bank. And that was First Alliance Credit Union. Everybody looked at what I was suggesting. I asked for 10 houses to be brought on at first. I got five. And the five, when they sold, the money would go around and they would order five more. And that's how we've gotten to where we are today, where I had four vacant lots two weeks ago, three homes just came in, and I have another home coming in August. And we will be full. Wow. Well done. Now, Ellie, we'd like to learn more about another big project your community took on. Talk to our listeners about the playground, would you? We had a community that had nothing for our children to do. They had these little plastic, broken down pieces of playground equipment. There was nothing. So then I decided, okay, this is something that has to be done. We need a playground. We need a spot for our children to go. So at our very first national night out, which was, I think, August of 2018, I had gone to an architect drawer in Rochester and free of charge. He put together for me large bulletin 3D pictures of what two different playgrounds could look like. I showed them to the families at the first national night out. And I asked the children to pick which one they wanted. Of course, they picked the expensive one. (laughs) (laughs) But I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise the money to get this playground in here because we need it. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to bring in other homes and families into this community, it needs a playground. So we started, I I sent out, I think, 560-some letters to all businesses, churches, everything. I got nothing except one phone call from MBT Bank. I take that back. There were two. MBT Bank, Hanson & Hanson Foundation, which are the people who used to own Winnebago. A manager got my letter at MBT Bank here in Rochester. He called me. And he said, I can't directly donate to you. But Hanson and Hanson Foundation, I guarantee you they will. And he gave me all the information. That was my first grant writing experience. And within six weeks, I had a check for $25,000. Terrific. Good for you. We had a long way to go. How much was the playground going to cost? $94,000 with a basketball court. 94,000. And thank you for including a basketball court, Allie. Yes, because we have teenagers. You bet. And we have young fathers that will go out and play basketball with their kids. And it's the best sport. Let's all just put that, put that right out there. (laughs) So that's what we did. And in 2019, then we put the basketball court in right about this time of year. The kids were able to play basketball on the 4th of July that year. And for the new members, you've welcomed some 34, I think, is the count, although some existing homes sold as well. So you've welcomed a lot of new members in the last couple of years. Where are people coming from, Allie? Where are they moving from to move into Zumbro Ridge? The majority are right within this area. The rents of apartments is sky high here. So it's affordable. 
I have a question that I think is probably going to be top of mind for most of our listeners. You humbly talked about making these requests of all sorts of organizations around Rochester, but I want to know, and I think they want to know, how exactly are you making that ask? Take a minute to brag on yourself. And what did you do? What did you have to do to get that done? And how are you making that ask? That's news they can use, right? Yeah. Well, in the beginning, I thought a letter would work. That didn't work. I became a walking, talking billboard. (laughs) And I have signs on my vehicle for Zumbro Ridge Estates. I have Zumbro Ridge Estates, affordable home ownership. I have our web on there and I have the parks phone number. But on the parks answering machine is my home number. So what I've learned is you just ask. You just ask. People are hungry to do something good. They really, truly are. And as things have progressed, in some ways, it's made it easier to make the ask. Because we've been on, I made sure we were on every media there was down here. The basketball court going in was a huge deal. Our first national night out was a huge deal. We had the canines here. We had the sheriff department here. We continue to do that. I stuff 500 Easter eggs every year for Easter. And we hide them and the kids have an Easter egg hunt. Every opportunity that you can get to get on the media to show that you're following through with what the last media broadcast said you were going to do. When it's done, you have another broadcast and you show it. So follow-up question, when you're reaching out to the media to try to get coverage of something going on in the community, how are you making that ask? How are you describing what you want them to do or why you want them to do? Affordable housing. Affordable housing is such a huge need. And it's not that's not a unique topic for Olmstead County or Rochester. That's everywhere. And rock properties are affordable housing. I have so many relationships with churches. In gaining um, the funds for the playground, every Sunday I was in a different church. And I had my blueprint of what the playground was going to look like. And I explained to the congregations what it would mean to these children. I wanted the children of Zumbo Ridge Estates to get off of the bus stop and feel proud of where they live. I wanted them to want their friends to come to their backyard. And we've accomplished that, believe it or not, we have. And people in the community and the media, they're hungry for a happy story. Mm -hmm. You hear so much bad in the world. And if you can find this little piece And you can collaborate it with residents that live here, backing up what you're saying. The media is happy to come. They truly are. Well, it is such an inspiring story. And you, Allie, are just an inspiring leader. Mike knows this because I've said this many times over the years. You know, my biggest hope and dreams for resident-owned communities and for kids that grow up in co-ops is for them to get off the bus and for other kids to say, I wish I lived there. For those of us who've been in these communities for our entire lives, 
it just sort of flips it on its head. And I just so respect what you're doing and the leadership you've brought to this. It's just brings a huge smile to my face. I know another thing we get asked a lot by co-op members who have big infill challenges, Allie, is how does infill change the community? These new members moving in, you know, that's a big 34 new families, some lots, as you said, that hadn't been occupied in years. And we all know, well, that became a nice parking spot for my RV. And so describe how has all this activity, all this infill changed the community and how have people accepted it? Well, it was difficult with people who had lived here for a long time. And we're a very diverse community. We have a quarter of our community that is Cambodian. And we actually have a Cambodian synagogue on our property. Interesting. Yes. And so it was difficult for them to accept that we own it. But with all of the new ones, they're coming in with, we are a co-op. This is a co-op. We all have our part to play. But the first thing that the infill does is it makes you stable. I didn't know if we were going to make it to begin with. Our attorney didn't know if we were going to make it when he did the closing. Okay. And by the way, our attorney does all of our work for free. So the infill has a huge impact on your finances, which allows you to do more of the deferred maintenance items that you need to have done, which then helps the people who have been here for a longer time say, wow, stuff is happening. And Allie, how has a nearly now full rock affected the rent for everybody? I have not increased rent in six years. That's terrific. We are the lowest rent in Rochester. And that was despite a pain. The method to my madness when I came on is we had a 60-year-old sewer plant that could die any day, literally. It was costing a fortune to keep this thing running. Just the chemicals, the licensed contractor, and then somebody that would take care of it daily. It was a horrible thing. And the talk was that when we got connected to city sewer, that everybody was going to have an increase of at least $60 a month on their taxes. And I said, people can't afford that. The only way to avoid that is to be full. So that was my method to madness in making sure that we were full. And I wasn't shy about telling the people I talked to that we needed to accomplish this. Our residents that already lived here, that were on a fixed income, would have to leave because they couldn't afford it. So we got to where we got. The sewer got connected last October. We had our annual meeting. I looked at the budget and I said, Nowhere to increase. Nothing gets put on the taxes. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yet another inspiring story coming out of Zumbro Ridge is something I heard recently. You've started a food pantry. Can you tell our listeners how that came about and how that's going? Yes. I'm very active with the community. I know everybody. And I saw that people were struggling. But I know all the kids in the court, and I overheard a lot of different stories about food. 
So we had two storage units that just had junk in it. And I said, we're going to turn it into a food pantry. And the back of the storage units goes up to the well house wall. And there were two windows, one window in each storage unit that had this really thick glass in it. And so my thought was, okay, we can take those out and that'll give us enough heat for the pantry. Well, before we got started building, I found that a lady, she'd been doing volunteer work out here from a different church. I mentioned to her about the food. So she started bringing food to the community center. And I put out flyers saying it was there and I was there, but it wasn't working. So I went door to door for a year. The food would come and I would go door to door and I would get rid of the food. So then I decided, no, can't do this anymore. It's really cold in the winter. So we did. We started making the food pantry. First, we were just going to use the one unit. Then we realized shortly, nope, we need the other one too. The very first president of our board, Leroy Milliken, he does volunteer work here all the time. So he gutted it. He put this beautiful doorway in, beautifully stained doorway, perfection. And a company called Polytech, they came out. I told you about Asterinos, the people who took down our first 12 trees for free. It was one of his buddies. I was talking to him when he was out. He'd do another tree work, telling him what I need. And he said, let me make a phone call. That night, I got a phone call from the owner of Polytech, which is a company that does showroom floors. They did our floor for us for free. Yeah. And then shelves went up. And Trader Joe's, which is a grocery store down here, they donated food. It was not enough. So I started reaching out. And if I cry, I'm sorry. But now we have a relationship with this church, Christian Orthodox Church, and they've taken us under their wing. Our shelves were packed to the goal. We didn't have room. There's boxes on the floor with extra food. I applied for a ship grant through Olmstead County. We got it. We have two brand new freezers and refrigerators in our pantry. I got a call from that church yesterday. They have a farmer in their church who is going to um, slaughter a cow on the 10th of July. And we have 700 pounds of beef coming to our freezers for free on the 14th of July. And a month later, they're going to do the same thing with a hawk. They're making contacts with dairy farmers to bring in milk, eggs, and cheese. This food pantry is full. And people are so grateful. It's amazing. Amazing is right. Oh, Allie, that's just super, super inspiring. And what a great service to the community. Very, very special. I'm trying to picture some listeners who are in Iraq, similar to how you described things when you first got involved, where they see a need, many needs, right? And they want to get started, but it's, you know, it's an overwhelming prospect. It is. 
please talk directly to them. And where would you suggest they start? What's the first step to get things moving? Well, the first step is to make sure that you have an active phone number, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in a place by which to receive the phone calls. I think what I would say is I know how overwhelming it is, but you have to have courage. You've got to roll your sleeves up and you literally have to take it one day at a time. And you have to do what you see first. And if that means that you just bought and your community is full of litter everywhere, that has to be picked up. And if even there's only one person on that board that is willing to start doing that, there will be others that look out their windows and their doors and they see and they'll join. Literally, you just have to take it step by step. When you have a vision for the first steps that you're going to take, hit the media. Hit the media. Get it out there. Describe what a rock is. Describe your first layer of what you want to accomplish and why you want to accomplish it. It helps to have a few statistics on what the need is in their community for affordable housing. There's statistics on the computer that can tell you that. Mm-hmm. And the media loves those statistics and they love to see, okay, you're telling us you want to do this because you can house 20 more houses of people with affordable housing. Wow, this might be something we want our community to help with. Just terrific. And really, congratulations to everyone at Zumbro Ridge for all that's been accomplished. Your leadership, clearly, really important to all of that. And I'm sure there's a cast of supporting characters in the community that have made all of this possible. I love the idea of monthly cleanups. I picked up a water bottle last night on the street. You know, we all have to do our part in the little ways to keep our neighborhoods clean and safe. So, Allie, thank you so much for joining us. A real pleasure to have you on Ownership Matters. And we look forward to catching up with you again and hearing more exciting things at Zumbro Ridge. So be well out there. Thank you so much. Uh, It was a real pleasure. Well, Mike, that was a lot of fun. I was smiling ear to ear the entire conversation. Yeah, for sure. Allie laid down a blueprint for how to get involved in your community and to start getting things done. And lives up to the adage, everyone is a change maker. She has made so much change for the positive, both in her neighborhood, but in the broader community, the way she's engaged so many different organizations and people in what is essentially a community supporting one another, you know, broadly speaking. Yep. And not afraid to speak up and ask for help and showcase what success they've had already and why it's important for everyone else to continue to give. Yeah. And it's that asking part. Don't be afraid to go out and meet and greet and ask and be sure to engage the media along the way. So many great lessons from today's conversation. Yeah. We are definitely going to include a lot of pictures from some of the things Allie talked about in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. And speaking of show notes, thanks for joining us on today's episode of Ownership Matters. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Talk soon. Talk soon.